pastors, Larry and Tiz welcome you to another New Beginnings Church podcast. Go deeper into God's Word with practical messages and lifestyle studies that will equip, inspire, and encourage you in your relationship with Jesus. Get ready to be fit for life. This morning we're starting what the Bible says about racism. The one thing we do know because of the teachings we read and study about Jesus and his disciples is that racism is wrong. And sometimes it gets um, covered over (laughs) and people, the churches just don't talk about it. But it's here, it's alive, and it doesn't matter who it is against. A lot of times they just do black and white people. But, you know, that's not the only people that racism, uh, you know, affects. And uh, even though that is the big thing, just to keep everybody at each other. But um, it's also contradictory to God's command for us to love one another. And if we all just remember that, we wouldn't have to be bothered with all the rest of the junk. (laughs) If we're Christians and we believe what the Bible says, and we really understand it, we wouldn't have to be dealing with all the stuff that the world tries to put on us. Amen. I thank God every day that Scott and I found a church that is against racism. Wherever they went, they stood against the division of God's people. Uh, It's a subject you don't hear about in many churches. Um, They don't speak about it or they don't come against it. Uh, You do, however, hear a lot of churches that not only speak in a way that it agrees with the world, but they also talk about it in a way to help the enemy stir up the division amongst amongst us in the in different churches, and a lot of that is denominations. Uh, that's why I like that we're non-denominational because the de- denominations has set it up and to work with what they believe. Women can't wear pants. I would never be in that church. <laughs> I am not just a dress-wearing person all the time. Very rarely will you see me in a dress, so I would have guess been burning in hell because I wore pants. <laughs> I know, and it's like, why is that such a big issue? I I don't get it why it's such a big issue in some denominations, but it's like, okay, I don't agree with that, but you believe in Jesus, so you're okay. And when we all get to heaven, like Pastor said, God's going to say, you blew it on that one. (laughs) But at least you believed in my son, Jesus. (laughs) And so we can forgive all that stuff. I'm telling you, um, I've heard pastors say that it's good that ethnic groups stay together, and you hear the media promote it as protection. Some some of the campuses, the college or university colleges, have uh, safe rooms or areas where they can go and do what? <laughs> they can feel safe. You know, they can talk about the other ethnic groups on the campus. Who knows? But it's like protection. (laughs) Why do you need protection? You don't need protection when you know God. You don't need protection when you made Jesus the the Lord and Savior of your heart. The only thing you need protection from is from the enemy. Amen. Uh, There's prejudice that exists among our own ethnic groups. And one of the things when I was reading the Bible, and I looked all through it because I was studying for this, and it's like, the only thing you see in the Bible is it says, the human race. That's the only thing that has the word race behind it, is the human race. 
There is no black race, white race, Indian race, Greek race. It's no race, but there are ethnic groups that he talks about in the Bible. So when everybody talks about the white race, the black race, they're wrong. It's just the human race. God created us all in his image and likeness for a reason. (laughs) And a lot of times when they... um, it's just where they went to live, when they dispersed and everything, they had to adjust. Their bodies had to adjust. And sometimes it's like, how did that happen, God? But, you know, God knew <laughs> that's what was going to happen. Um, after Scott and I moved here with our children, my daughter came home from school one day and told me that somebody called her yellow bone. I had never heard of that thing in my whole life because I've never lived down south. <laughs> and I'm like, yellow bone, what the heck is that? <laughs> I know. And she was like, I don't know. But, you know, it made her uncomfortable. It upset her. So I asked what it was, and she told me it meant that she, her skin was light, that somebody in the school had called her yellow bone because her skin was light. So she was being identified as a light-skinned uh, black girl that could possibly pass as another ethnic group. And she was put in a separate category, not just a person of, you know, of who she was. And I'm like... I've never heard of something like that ever. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, yellow bone, that's just, that's disrespectful. That's like calling somebody the B word <laughs> to me. Because <laughs> like, what is that? You know, so it's always, you know, you know, I was reading or just studying throughout history in China, if you're a dark-skinned Chinese person, then you're a field person or a worker. And if you're lighter then you're, you know, in the higher echelon. I'm like, <laughs> but you know, the United, the United States is the only country that separates people by their color of their skin. Nobody else in the does that except the United States. Because if you're living in Brazil, you're Brazilian. If you're living in Cuba, you're Cuban. Why can't we all just be Americans? Instead of, you're a black American, you're an Indian American, you're, you know, Asian American. It's like, stop. (laughs) And it's like, no, the Bible says we are all one. I remember when Pastor Larry and Tiz hired uh, Scott and I to be children's pastors when they first uh, got started in Oregon. And we were excited and never entered our minds that it would be a problem, that some people wouldn't like it because we're an interracial couple. And uh, when he introduced us uh, to his congregation, um, we found out later that people got upset, mad. Some people left the church. And I'm like, what is wrong with everybody? You know, and I, I didn't even think about it. And it's like, man, that was just so, so weird to uh, have people think that way. And here we are, pastors, children's pastors, coming in to help the church you know, teach the children, and it's like, just because we were in a racial couple, it was like a no-no, taboo. And uh, that's when Pastor Huck came, when you hear him say it all the time, you choose who you lose. <laughs> and that's the first time we heard somebody say it. They said, well, you choose who you lose. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. <laughs> but it was like, it's just, it's just the weirdest feeling, you know, like that. And some people, like today, they don't like interracial couples, and especially Scott and I, because I remember people looking at us weird going through the mall or walking around because usually you see a black guy with a white woman, but it's very rare you'll see a white man with a black woman. 
to me, it's like, it's all the same. <laughs> it's all the same. <laughs> it's all the same. Man, woman. It works. <laughs> uh, racism is defined as prejudice, discrimination, or antagonism directed against someone of a different ethnicity or race based on the belief that one's own race or ethnicity is superior. Racism, racism is making quick judgments on the characteristics of a person or ethnicity to rate them as inferior or superior, demonstrating partiality or bias. And, and when I saw these, I'm like, see, there's that word race. They always want to put that in there. We're all the human race. God made it that way. He put it in the Bible that way. He put it in there for a reason. So we're not trying to separate each other. Um, racism results in hatred, fear, inhumane treatment toward another person because of where they come from or the color of their skin. And a lot of times people feel different about other people that don't look like them just because they don't understand that person. A lot of times if you get to understand somebody, say, eh, you're just like me. We do the same crazy stuff. <laughs> we still talk the same crazy way or negative way when we're angry or whatever. So if we ever really got to know somebody, we say, oh, they're just like me. <laughs> and then you would go, okay, that, that's okay, that'll work. The main thing I believe that can change the Christian world is repentance and actually living what God's word says. Racism, let me repeat it, is totally contradictory to God's command for us to love our neighbor and love one another. The Bible is full of instances where Jesus, Almighty God, and the disciples dealt with the sin of racism. Uh, the one example that we hear all the time is in Exodus when uh, the Hebrews were in slavery. God didn't like that. That's why he freed them. And the only reason why they were in slavery is because they didn't look like the Egyptians. The Egyptians thought they were superior to the Hebrew people and because of what the Hebrew people stood for. The lifestyle was different. Genesis 1.27 says, So God created man in his own image, in the physical image and likeness of God. He created him, male and female. He created them. This alone should get us thinking. If God created us all in his image and likeness, then we must live our lives like he wants us to. He loved each and every one of us so much that he sacrificed his only son to give us an example of how he wants us to live and treat other people. Uh, and I'm watching The Chosen right now with my daughter and looking at how they portrayed Jesus and his disciples. They were crazy <laughs> I mean, they were, it seems like they were worse than us, but some of us are probably just like that. <laughs> and, you know, and he's having to tell stories and say, calm down, calm down, Peter, calm down, Simon. It's okay. You know, we're going over to this country in this area, but it's okay if they don't do the things we do. You know, it's just crazy. And I'm like, wow. And they had Jesus there with them. <laughs> and I'm like, Lord, you can totally use anybody. <laughs> so even if we start things and fall to the wayside or get sidetracked, you know what? He can just bring us back in and say, nope, this is the way you should walk. This is the way you should think. And, you know, and after watching that movie, it's like, 
man, you truly can change people's lives upside down and put everybody back in order just by speaking. I don't see where he really ever got mad except in the temple when they were the money changers. But other than that, he always had a story to tell. He always had something to say that could just turn everybody's thought pattern back to this is the way we're thinking, this is the way we're going, this is how we're going to react and think on different situations. The world is naturally argumentative, but Jesus, he never argued. I was thinking about that. He never argued with anybody. Even though they said different things to him that were derogatory, they said different things that he didn't believe, but he never argued with them. He just spoke the word and people changed. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, okay. Um, Not only did they change their tone, but they eventually changed their outward behavior and thoughts about him and what he was teaching. Isn't that how we should react to certain things? I know it's hard, you know, sometimes, but... That's the way we should react. I used to tell my children uh, and those in the classes when I was in children's ministry, remember and ask yourselves before you do anything and say anything, what would Jesus do? Don't you remember when that was big there in WWJD, what would Jesus do? I try to tell my kids all the time to this day, what would Jesus do? Just remind yourself and ask yourself that before you do anything, before you say anything, or before you react to a person in a certain way. So I think we should bring that back. (laughs) That would change a whole lot of people, I think. Uh, In Pastor's book, Ten Curses That Block the Blessing, he says we are never more separated than we are on Sundays. And I thought about that. I said, well, we're pretty separated in a lot of areas, but, you know, he's right. Um, and that's a shame because it shouldn't be that way. When, if you believe in Jesus and you believe the Bible, then why aren't we all worshiping together? You know, so God wants us to be together worshiping him. He calls us his army. We're supposed, when we're Christians, we're an army. We, we've been drafted. <laughs> we've been drafted into the army of God, and he didn't say it was going to be easy. But that's what he wants us to do. He's depending on us to change the world and how we think, how we look at people, how we decide what we're going to do and how we live our lives. He's expecting us to do that, to grow on a daily basis, to, to get to the point where we're walking like Jesus walked. Um, Matthew twelve twenty five says, any kingdom divided against itself is being brought to desolation and laid waste. And no city or household divided against itself will last or continue to stand. And when you, you have to think about that, you know, in our homes and, you know, even in our churches, if people come to church and they don't actually believe what you're teaching or in your house, your husband and wife, they don't agree on, you know, on certain things or how they're going to live their lives, how they're going to raise their children. And the Bible tells us it won't stand. It won't stand. Uh, it'll be co- always constant, a budding of heads. And that's why a lot of churches uh, split because some people don't believe. I remember when Pastor Huck came back from Israel and um, told us all about Jewish roots. And we were all like, what? Because, <laughs> you know, it wasn't taught. So, uh, And I grew up Catholic, so when he started talking about all this stuff, I just had to go in his office and said, look, <laughs> I don't know what happened over there in Israel. <laughs> 
<laughs> I said, but I grew up with all the rosary and all the stations of the cross and all this tradition. So, so if we're going to be doing that, I don't think I can stay. <laughs> I said, so you need to explain to me and tell me what it is that you're talking about with our Jewish roots. And so, and so then he started breaking it down a little bit more for the staff. The staff was like, okay, what is he doing? He went over there and went nuts or something. But, you know, when he started explaining it, and said, we wouldn't have any of these religions that we hear about if it wasn't for the Jewish people. Because all they did was take with the Jewish people what God gave the Jewish people and, you know, divided it up and made it work the way they wanted it to work and how they believed. They just turned it all around. But if you look at a lot of things, they still do some of the things that the Jewish people believe in and and that they do. And it's like, okay, because like we do Shabbat, um, where we're not supposed to talk about anything negative. (laughs) That's hard. (laughs) Anything negative and, you know, speaking good about our families and praying for other people. And it's, it's when God hears the prayers of women. I mean, it's a powerful thing. You know, pray over your kids and and everything in your life and just enjoy being God's children and just enjoy resting and knowing that on Shabbat, on Friday night, you know what? He's listening to us and he's pouring out his blessings on us on that night from Friday night to Saturday night. So one day we get to be positive and just rest knowing that, you know what? I don't have to think about anything negative. I don't have to, there's no anger in our house or wherever I'm going. I'm not going to get angry. I'm just going to be positive, resting, knowing that God is covering me and that, you know, and he hears every single thing that I say. <laughs> and then on, uh, in the Catholic church, we all had mass and, all, and we did, and you, you only eat fish on Friday, like a sacrifice. <laughs> And, uh, and, you know, and during Easter, we all had to go through the stations of the cross and all that stuff to remember what Jesus did for us. You know, and, and all of it is just remembering who we are, what Jesus did. And it's like, okay, you know, but it's like, wow, so many things coincide with each other. But we think certain things are taboo just because of who's doing it. Um, racism is all, it, racism always bring a curse. That's why I... Don't even think I told you what I was calling this. It's called the sin and curse of racism. And uh, racism always brings a curse. Uh, And this verse gives us a strong instruction about the enemy's plan to have power over us if the curse of racism is allowed to exist. It brings about division, laid waste, and it will always uh, divide us and it and whatever we're doing, it won't stand because the enemy has gotten in there and uh, caused a curse to be on our lives. Amen. Uh, we can clearly see it hap- it's happening right now in our country, in our state, how people are trying to get in there and change what we believe in, trying to keep us quiet. And uh, so they can just go ahead and do what they're doing. Uh, people are more racially divided now than we've ever seen, even in the 60s. You know, I grew up in the 60s, you know, power to the people, <laughs> you know, love power, you know, <laughs> and all that. And, you know, and right now, at least back then, it was like people were getting together and trying to make it work and trying to figure it out. And now it's like we're so divided on so many levels right now. It's like I can't even believe it that it's gotten that far out of hand. 
And it kind of reminds me, everybody talks about Sodom and Gomorrah, which we're kind of looking like that. <laughs> but that's what I think part of the thing that toppled Rome was this kind of behavior. And it's like, hello, why are we not studying this? Why are we not teaching our children this so they know what not to do, what not to fall in? And that's what I like about the Bible and pastor when he's teaching, because that is exactly what he's doing. He's teaching us and telling us what the Bible says so we don't fall into the things that our history has shown that we shouldn't be in. (laughs) And I think he said something like uh, the most powerful countries or nations uh, only lasted, what, 400 years? Something like that, 400 years, and then they were off the face of the earth. It's like, we don't want America to be like that. Even though if you read in Revelations, you don't hear anything about America. But, <laughs> but I just believe that everybody turns and we're all just one nation under God. And that's why you don't hear it. It's separated. Um, it's not only black and white. It's Hispanic, Latino, Asian, African, Arab, Jewish, and many others against each other. And it's like, Wow. When you think about that that way, it's like we need to really do something about that to change that dynamic so we're doing and living our lives the way Jesus wants us to live. And that's why I have in the back, I looked in there and I said, oh, I should have made these copies, but there's some in the back about who we are. And we need to always have that, you know, with us so we remember who God says that we are and what we're supposed to be living like. And I I love that. I used to have it all the time on my bathroom mirror. So when I go in, I remember, this is who I am. This is who God says that I am. This is how I'm going to live my life. I'm going to believe God's word so the devil can't come in and disrupt my life. Because if we don't know what God says, the devil will come and disrupt your life. Amen. (laughs) So we need to always do that. Maybe it's the fear um, that's going around in the world that's planted in our souls from previous experience or it's the bombardment of negative information and stereotyping of different people and their ethnicity on TV that we see all the time. And everybody watches TV. And, and you know, and I, I laugh sometimes because you watch movies and it's always the black people that get killed first. <laughs> and they always show that, or they're drug dealers, you know, or it's just something, they're crooks, you know. And I'm like, man. That is not true, you know, and like uh, we were talking the other day, I think Pastor and I, we were all talking uh, when we were in Florida at the conference, and um, how this one pastor is um, decided, you know, he's going to help the church, and he's going to grow marijuana on his campus. (laughs) I mean, a pastor decided he's going to do that at his church, grow marijuana, and why? To bring more black men into the kingdom. I'm like, black men are not the only ones smoking. (laughs) But the whole thing that is really weird is that a pastor decided that's what he was going to do to help his church is grow marijuana and and sell it. (laughs) What are you going to do with it? So I'm like, oh my gosh, we are really going off on the deep end when a pastor gets up and tells everybody. And it was all over the social media that he, and he is doing it. So it's like, oh my gosh, what is this man thinking? Does he not know that God says, being a teacher, being a pastor, you are responsible for your people 
and what you're imparting into their lives, and you know, and we and we will be accountable. And that's like, woo! I hate to be next to him at the pearly gates, <laughs> or when you have to go in there and be tried by fire. <laughs> But it's like, oh, that's so crazy. Whatever the enemy is using to divide us, we need to be able to identify it. Identify the ploy of the enemy and remember God's command to be a blessing and to love one another. But we have to be able to recognize the enemy when he comes in. So we need to make sure we know what God, who God says we are, what the Bible says. And if it doesn't line up with God's word, it's the enemy. <laughs> and if we need to make sure that we can identify it and um, and cast him out and just say and just say no, that's not going to happen. That doesn't necessarily mean we have to hang out all the time uh, with different people to you know show that we love one another. But it does mean we are to be respectful and and knowledgeable that they too are created in God's image and likeness. There is nothing different under the sun in marriage, date, nothing. There's nothing different. And sometimes people want to think it's something different, but the devil uses the same things over and over and over again to snare us, to get us to fall, to get us to fall from God's grace, to get us to just change our lives and backslide. He uses the same stuff. And uh, like I said, we all do the same crazy stuff. I listen to people sometimes, and I've been around a lot of people, and it's like, what are you thinking? And some of us like, okay, this person did that. This family does this. We all do the same crazy stuff. <laughs> it's like either we're, I like what Scott said. Um, he says it's only two uh, people that we need to think about, the believers and the non-believers. <laughs> That's all that it is. The believers, and then there's the non-believers. And eventually, hopefully, the non-believers will become believers in an army of God too. Amen? The Bible tells us that in the end, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. 1 John 4, 20, 20 through 21 says, If someone says, I love God, and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he, he who loves God must love his brother also. I mean, how plain is that? That, that is, is like, it, he throws it in our faces. <laughs> he says it every, everywhere we turn that, you know what, we are commanded to love one another, love God and love our brother. And if we love God, it's so much easier to love one another. Amen. We cannot receive God's blessing to the fullest or get his perfect direction if we don't love our brother. The Bible says, if you love God and love your neighbor, you shall know the truth and the truth you know and understand shall make you free. Free from all the um, fiery darts of the devil. Free from confusion. Free from, you know, delusion. Because right now out there, is a, it's a spirit of delusion going on. So we need to have discernment in our lives. We need to ask God to, you know, increase our faith and increase the hope that we have in him so we know how we're going to live our lives and we're not um, swayed by what we see or what we hear. 
God wants to personally lead, personally lead us to guide us in all his power and blessing, but we can't hear his voice or receive his perfect direction. Uh, his truth is not in us until we love one another. So the whole thing of all this is loving one another. If we don't have love, we really have nothing. God made each and every one of us perfect in his sight. We need to stop the curse of racism because it is a curse in these last days so we can continue to receive and enter into God's blessing. Here at New Beginnings, we believe God is about to pour out his spirit as never before, and we have seen it. The healing that goes on in this church, the lives that are changed in this church, and um, just experiencing that, we take it kind of for granted. (laughs) But every church doesn't have that going on. Every person doesn't get that in their lives. So we are truly blessed um, that that's happening here. So, you know, God is working. You might not always see what he's doing. Uh, And like Purim coming around, he is coming up uh, next month. He's working behind the scenes on all of our behalves to help us work the perfect and straight and narrow path that he set before us. The Bible tells us that the gifts of the Spirit will be revealed through the whole body of Christ. And I I just can't wait. I want to see the Holy Spirit come and slay everybody down. And, (laughs) you know, and everybody get up totally a different person doing different things. Um, 1 Corinthians 13, 1, 2, and 13 says, Though I speak with tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a changeling uh, symbol. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and through, though I have faith so that, I, so that I can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. Now, and now abide faith, hope, love. These three God talks about all the time, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. You know, we all want to have faith. We ask God all the time to increase our faith. We ask God all the time, continue to give me hope that I know Jesus is coming and that my life is going to be better. I'm going to find the perfect mate. I'm going to, you know, my finances are going to change. But if you don't love one another, it probably won't happen. Amen. It sounds so simple. And it probably really is. I think we make it more difficult than it is sometimes. <laughs> uh, the key to God's power in our lives is, uh, is two things, love God and love each other. And if we could only do that, just think of how this world would change. You know, if we could only just tap into the spirit realm and ignore everything around us, looking only at God's face and hearing his words and, and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit how good and how great our world would be, you know, and that's what we need to just pray and ask God, God, let, when things come up, let me just see your face so that I, so, and then the remembrance will come in our minds. The Holy Spirit will bring back to our, our remembrance, the things that he says that will keep us from falling short. Amen. Let's ask ourselves, why can't we break the curse of racism? One reason is because God's people are divided. We're divided, and that's why we can't break it. Until we learn to love one another, until we can break that curse, and we need to pray that that is broken, then 
um, we can we can get rid of it, and that's the only way we can get rid of it. Thank God, He's always working with us to to change that in us. You know, because Jesus went around, people hated Him, they spit on Him, they did all kinds of things, but He didn't treat them any different than He did anybody else. It's like God help me to really be like that. <laughs> Because sometimes people say something, I just want to, you know, bite back. (laughs) But it's like, okay, God, I'm supposed to be a pastor. (laughs) Help me keep my mouth shut at this point in time. (laughs) And we all need to do that. You know, be quick to listen, slow to speak. (laughs) Ah, When we finally believe what God says and treat everyone the same in churches and out of churches, then we can spread that miracle. We can spread the miracle of what God has for us out to the world and bring peace, salvation, and restoration. And it all starts with us. In Pastor's book, Free at Last, he talks about curses and how they come. He said there are three ways a curse can come on you. A family member or somebody passes it down from generation to generation. Something is spoken over you. You accept something that is not of God. And, and you think about that, you know, things that we don't even know that our families have done or said from generations ago. And now we could be living it. You know, and so we have to go, man, God, I don't know what it is. So that's why we pray. Amen. It's time for the, for us, the army of God to remove the curse of racism and ignorance of God's word. The reason why we don't, can't always do it is because we don't know what God says. So that's why he says, you know, study to show yourself approved. You know, we need to do that. Um, and release the blessings of God. Until we do that, remove that curse of racism and know what God's word says, uh, we can't release the blessings of God. And we, all the time around, you know, uh, Resurrection Sunday, that's what's opening. The windows of heaven are, heaven are open for us to receive all the blessings. But until we repent and, and get rid of that, what's hidden inside of our hearts that we don't want people to know, and we all have it, <laughs> until we do that we don't have to tell everybody i know somebody says you know uh, confess your faults to one another don't do that because <laughs> you don't know who you're confessing to <laughs> but we confess it to god we confess it to god and he hears us and some churches they have you do that confess it all out you know then what do people think about you <laughs> you know and that's what we're trying to avoid so, you know, that's why you confess to God all your faults, every last thing, even the, the secrets that you think you're hiding because God knows your heart. He knows everything about us so that there's nothing. Like he told uh, Cain, where is Abel? <laughs> he knew where he was. <laughs> and, and Cain, I am not my brother's keeper. God's like, yeah, <laughs> I can hear his blood spilling out, <laughs> you know, but it's like crazy. But that's what we, that's what we have to do, confess it. Um, so we need to stop pointing fingers and believing the lies of the enemy and let God call us the repair, the repairer of the breach, the restorer of the streets of Jerusalem, because that's where we're going to be living, right. on the streets of gold. <laughs> and that's what we want to do. Stop pointing fingers and say, you know, it's up to me. Don't point out there. Point here. <laughs> it's up to me to stop it. It's not going to stop until we stop it. And, uh, you know, and I think about that. And 
oh, even my family sometimes like, shut up. <laughs> you know, and I, you know, I think about it when I met Scott and, and some of my friends and I was like, Lydia, how did you marry a white dude? And I'm like, well, I didn't look at his color. <laughs> I mean, I looked at his character. I looked that he had a job. He would keep a job, <laughs> you know, and that he was fun and that, you know, you know, he, he be- didn't really believe how I believed, but he, he just, you know, there was just something that God, he just, God just knew and he, and he put us together, you know, cause I was one of those in the sixties and seventies, black power, and, you know, and and all that, and and so my friends are like, "What happened to you? How'd you end up with a wife?" You know, it was God. It was God. I didn't look at all that, but then I was an athlete, so I was around all different types of people, and uh, and grew up in New York, and it's, it truly is a melting pot. There's everybody there, so you just don't even really section yourself off like that all the time. Psalms one thirty three one through three says, "Behold, how good and how pleasant." It is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron running down on the edge of his garments, pastor's anointing running down on us as he's teaching us. Um, It's like the dew of Hermon, Mount Hermon, descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing and life forevermore. So when we uh, decide to dwell together in unity, just think about the blessings that God is going to pour out upon us, and uh, and then we'll have life forevermore. Thank God we already have life forevermore because we invited Jesus in our hearts. But how much more blessings can we live today? If we just do that, the wall that divided us will be torn down when we do that. And when and when that happens, God will give us shalom, peace, nothing missing and nothing broken. I always like to say that, God, give me your peace, nothing missing and nothing broken and peace that passes all understanding when things come around and you don't even give it a second thought. <laughs> um, right now, our country is broken. Uh, and we, it's up to us to turn it around. Amen. And there's nobody else. Everybody says, we need a leader. We need a certain president. No, we need to come together in unity and decide in our own hearts what we want to happen. And, and, and don't be silent. Amen. Let's pray this prayer together that Pastor Larry put together to kill the curse of racism by destroying it at its roots. Father, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus. We break every curse that comes on us as the body of Christ through racism and anti-Semitism. We break the curses that have been passed down by our spiritual fathers and our physical fathers that has come to block the blessing of God from our lives and our churches. We ask your forgiveness for their behavior and our behavior, we break every curse that may be on us for our own prejudice. Father, we repent. Now we claim by the name and by the blood of Jesus that we remove the curse and release the blessings. Amen and amen. There was a couple of sayings that I had when I was teaching on Wednesday night uh, about celebrating black history And uh, so I want to do a couple of those. 
um, Martin Luther King, the time is always right to do what is right. Education is the most powerful weapon when you can use to, that you can use to change the world, Nelson Mandela. And I really like this one. We must learn to live together as brothers or perish together as fools, Martin Luther King. So, and, and now schools are not even teaching about Martin Luther King's kids are growing up thinking it's just a day off of school. <laughs> but he knew what he was talking about. And, and I like that one because um, it hits home. We can learn to live together or we can perish together as fools not knowing what to do and being confused. And you know what? Uh, we're not confused. The Bible helps us not be confused. The lives that we live help us not be confused because of what we learn through God's word. Because we have Jesus living in our hearts. And because we have him there and we have the Holy Spirit, we always can hear his voice and hear him telling us what we should do. So when we leave here today, let's go out and remember WWJD. <laughs> what would Jesus do? Amen. You <laughs> to be a voice, you know, at least be an example in, in our country, in our city, in our state. You know, and even if we don't have kids in school, we need to voice our opinion. Amen. Amen. Okay, enjoy the service. Thank you.